If you have your Bibles tonight, Acts 15, I want to speak to you tonight about something that every Christian in this room needs to be aware of. We all need to work on this. I want you to notice Acts 15, verse 36. I'm going to read four or five verses. Follow along with me. And some days after Paul, after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of God and see how they do. They had established churches all over uh, the Middle East. And you'll notice he says, verse 37, and Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, we'll pause for a minute. After we read this, I'm going to come back and ask you a few questions. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. Now, I want to pause tonight. I want to speak about the subject of contention. Now, somebody tell me, what is contention? I'm going to give you the, the, the original definition of the word in the Greek text, but somebody tell me, what is contention? Just give me a couple of words that would describe contention. Anybody? Right here. Ann? Pardon me? I can't hear you, Ann. I'm sorry. Disagreement. Disagreement. Okay, it could be disagreement. That really is what contention is, but contention adds more to the word than just disagreement. Somebody else? Argument. Something else. The Bible says the contention was so sharp between them. Now, we're going to get to this in a minute, but what would you think uh, let me read to you some of the definitions that go with contention. Exasperate. Burn with anger. Irritated. <clears throat> Incited. Make angry. So let's go back and read this verse, <clears throat> verse number 39. And the contention was so sharp. The word sharp is like bitter. It's like, it's like animosity, anger. Now, now, let me pause for a minute. Notice in the outline, Paul and Barnabas were missionaries out of the Jerusalem church. Now, you would have never thought, I'm going I'm to read this, give you the blanks for all of uh, Roman number one, and then we're going to think about it just for a minute. I want you to, I want you to realize what it means. Uh, Roman number one, A, they were beloved missionaries. In Acts 15, 25, look at it if you would. It seemed good to us, uh, it seemed good unto us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. They were loved by the church at Jerusalem. And the church at Jerusalem had thousands in it. One Sunday, they had 3,000 people join the church. 
So it was a huge church of all Christians that were excited about the Lord, and Barnabas and Paul were loved by everybody. Notice B, they were great friends, Paul and Barnabas. You can see that in Acts 13, 50. You don't have to turn there. But notice if you would see, they had suffered things together. Paul was stoned with Barnabas with him. Uh, They were mistreated together. In other words, they suffered together for the cause of Christ. Notice if you would, D, they had the same love for the Lord. In other words, they were going the same direction. They were buddies. They were going together. Notice E, they preached and taught many people together. Take your Bible and turn to Acts 13. I want you to see verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should should first have been spoken unto you, but seeing you have put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So they had been preaching to the Jews and they rejected them. They said, we don't want any part of you. Leave us alone. We don't want this Jesus. Look, if you would, in verse number number five of chapter 13. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews and they also had John to their minister. So in the beginning, they were traveling, Paul and Silas, together. They were great friends. They suffered together. Um, you know, uh, they, they, they'd gotten beaten together. They, Paul had gotten stoned, and they had uh, drug him out of the city and stoned him, and the Lord raised him from the dead, it looked like, and, and they were all right there together. Now, you'll notice, if you would, this friendship grew deeper and deeper, and their love for Christ grew deeper and deeper. And John Mark, notice, if you would, Look with me in verse 13. <clears throat> and when Paul and his company loosed from Pampas, Papus, they came to Perga and Pamphylia. And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Something happened, and John left Paul and Silas. Now, I, I want to explain this to you. If you, if you see, you go into a city and people get angry at you and they look at you and they're mad at you and, and you can almost feel like you maybe you see people picking up rocks and you think you're going to get stoned, it might cause you to second guess. You see, if you were to go pass out tracks, and I want to tell you a little story. We've had, uh, uh, there, there's some, a couple of young people that are in our youth group, that someone knocked on their door and left a track. And they had been praying for a year and a half for a church to go to. Mother's an atheist. Father doesn't go to church. And they had been praying. They had almost given up hope. And somebody left that card on their door from Temple Baptist Church, and they came. And so they're so excited uh, that they, 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 uh, just, uh, just a thrill to me. Uh, they're, they're wanting to join our church. And I, I look at that and I say, wow, what if no one had ever put that note on their door and they're still praying? You understand tonight that these three people here, uh, uh, you know, Paul and, and Barnabas and Mark traveled together preaching the gospel, reaching people. But John Mark, for some reason, left. And the Bible says he quit. 
You'll, you'll notice, if you would, uh, back over into Acts, we saw verse 13 of chapter 3, but you'll notice, if you would, back over in chapter 15, in verse number, uh, verse number uh, 37, uh, and Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, pause right there. Why did you think he wanted to take Mark so badly? <clears throat> Maybe he felt like, you know, he was young. He just got scared. I can understand. I was scared too. Uh, maybe they didn't have much food to eat. Uh, maybe he just got tired of people always um, blaming them for problems. Uh, remember, the Jews said, those that have turned the world upside down have come here too. Let's get rid of them. And over time, if people were constantly picketing out in front of our church, it I wonder how many would stay. Well, John Mark said, I've had enough. I gotta, I'm going home. Well, that was the point of contention. John Mark was loved by Barnabas, and Barnabas forgave him and wanted to help him. And Paul, the soldier that he was, said, look, he quit once, he'll quit again. Now, folks, tonight... All of us in this room, probably, the old devil could come to the Lord of heaven and say they quit once. They're, they stopped reading their Bible once. They stopped going to church once, or they started skipping church, or they stopped praying, or they started skipping prayer, and Lord, they'll do it again. And the Lord doesn't give up on us. So you and I have to look at this passage and realize that there are always going to be issues that come up that could cause contention, irritation, bitterness, anger. He's not going with me. Do you notice the wording in verse 37? And Barnabas determined. You know what that means? He dug his heels in. We have to be very careful digging our heels in. Now, if it's right, that's different. Now, Barnabas felt, I'm right. He deserves a second chance. Now, we know from the story that six years later, Paul said, bring Barnabas, I mean, bring uh, John Mark to me. He is profitable to me. So who was right and who was wrong? Paul was wrong. Barnabas was right. But did you know after this passage, Barnabas is no longer listed in Acts he took John Mark and worked with him and built him and grew him in the Lord. They must have prayed together. They must have spent time together. They preached. He preached together. I want you to notice in the outline, if Paul and, Sil Paul and Barnabas actually fasted and prayed together, they were lifelong friends, and one disagreement over a failed young man caused them to separate. And folks, tonight, I just want to draw your attention to some of the lessons we can learn from that story. Notice, if you would, two, Roman numeral two, Paul felt the need to go and visit all the churches. They had started and helped them strengthen them. 
Now, maybe Paul said, look, if he goes with us, it may harm our testimony that they're going to feel like we're going to quit. We don't know Paul's thinking, but we know Paul didn't, wasn't willing to give him a second chance. How many of this room of us need a second chance? So be careful of being so strong in the Lord that you can't reach down to help somebody that skins your knees. A, a, a righteous man falleth seven times, but riseth again, Proverbs says. So we slip up, skin our knees, and get back up by the grace of God. And all of us have got to be willing to say, come on, let's serve the Lord together. Notice, if you would, in the outline, A, Barnabas determined. Greek word is resolved. It's going to happen. I'm not going to take no for an answer to take John Mark with them to the churches. Now, uh, let, me, let me explain to you something. You and I may have in our backbone an, a, a, a principle from Scripture that we cannot violate, but the way we portray it makes all the difference. You may have something you don't want to do, you don't feel right about it, but the way you portray it makes all the difference. I think Barnabas was wrong by him determining in his mind, we're taking John Mark whether you like it or not. I don't know if they said that. It sort of looks like they got in each other's face and said, he, he is going, he's not going, he is going, he's not going. Well, he's not going with me. I'm going to take somebody else. That appears to be what happened. Because the word contention, is it starts out as an irritation. But I think Barnabas pressed it by resolving this is what we're going to do. You know, it's never a bad thing if you feel something very strongly about something. Uh, now, if it's in Scripture, you can't pray about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't pray about lying. You can't pray about stealing. You can't pray about running around on your wife or your husband. You can't pray about taking something from work that's not yours. Right and wrong cannot be prayed about. That's already written down, and God says that's the issue. But we can always reach out to people that are doing those things and love them with our spirit and win them to Christ and never move where our backbone is. And that's the lesson we can learn here. Have a sweet disposition but a strong position that can't be moved. Now, there may come a time when you get pressed to the point where you have to stand up, but you always stand up with the sweetness of Christ. And that is where we win people that are obstinate. We win people that are, uh, that are obnoxious. We win people that, that, that just want to be in your face. We win them with the love of Christ. Remember the theme, loving him more in 24, is we are known by our love one for another. Paul and Barnabas couldn't have met that passage. And so if you look at it, I think Barnabas started it by resolving, Paul, he's going, whether you like it or not. It doesn't say what happened, but that's what happens when you're resolved. You're determined. You don't show any signs of grace. Well, Paul, could we talk about it?
He's going. You have to be careful. Even though you're right, you can be wrong with your disposition. And all of us in this room need to learn that lesson because you see it broke up two of the greatest friends in the history of this world that were serving the Lord together and loved the Lord. But notice, if you would, in the outline, B, Paul didn't think it was good to take Mark with them. One, he had quit earlier and gone home. Now, no one likes somebody to quit and go home. But how many people said, you know, I don't think I'm going to go to church today. Maybe you're hurting your heart. Or, or I don't think I'm going to read my Bible today. You know, the Lord didn't answer my prayer yesterday. I really had a big issue, and I was praying about it. And then the Lord didn't answer. And, you know, I just, and we sort of quit on the Lord a little bit. Now, as you mature in Christ, you begin to trust him and say, I know him. He'll never quit on me, so I'm going to be faithful even when I don't feel like it. How many have ever come to church when you didn't feel like it? <clears throat> Raise your hand. Okay. Because there's sort of a duty there. There's sort of a, I know what I ought to do, and I'm going to do it no matter what. How many ever went to work and you didn't feel like it? Let me see your hand. Okay. How many of you should have gone to work, but you didn't because you didn't feel like it. Well, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, okay? Uh, but what I'm trying to say to you is when it comes, there's a difference between work and spiritual things. Spiritual things, we always strive to do the right thing, tired or not tired. I mean, when you come into church, uh, there's some people I just love to be around. They've always got a smile. They're just, they're, they got a cheer about them. Um, how many of you, now I'm going to embarrass the crud out of her, so don't mention her name. How many of you have ever called the school and talked to the secretary? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have noticed that cheerful voice? How many of you noticed it? Okay. It's sort of like Chick-fil-A. Well... My pleasure. Well, you call the church office and you hear that same cheerful voice. And I'm telling you, she can have a bad, bad day. And she, you, you don't think it's a bad day when you get a kid that sick comes in and throws up in your office. And, oh, my goodness. And your office begins to smell. And, hello, we're glad. To, uh, but, but, uh, how do you do that? Do you understand people hurt you? Pray for those that despitefully use you. The signpost of a Christian is supposed to be, we keep doing right no matter what. The signpost of a great husband that knows the Lord and loves him, he just keeps doing what's right. He is an example to the family of grace and mercy and of backbone and of righteousness, and of doing what's right. The greatest Christians learn how to do what's right with the sweetest of spirits, so they're known as people of love. That is in Scripture. They don't bend the principles of Scripture, but you, they, they work at trying to pull you along until you can begin to understand, and the Holy Spirit can work on your heart. You can't win people by going up to the door and say, you ought to be in church. 
That doesn't work. But is it true? Yes. So there's a lot of things that are right. It's the way we handle it. And what I want you to understand, these are two of the greatest Christians to ever live. Paul is considered to be the greatest missionary that's ever lived. And yet, here we find two men that almost go to blows, it looks like. The contention was so sharp between them. Sharp, angry, pointed. It, it literally is picross. It's, it's pointed. The word is anomatopoeic. You know, it's like, it's like picross, picross. It, 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 is, it is something that they, they were attacking each other, it seemed like, over the subject of John Mark. Could he go or not? And so they realized they weren't going to settle it, so they just split up. Two great friends. And folks, one of them was wrong. I think Barnabas was wrong at the beginning and Paul was wrong at the end. And they split. If one of them would have said, well, you know what? Let's just pray about it. No mention of it. There's no mention of prayer in this passage for them to pray about this topic. Notice, if you would, in verse number 38, but Paul thought not good to take him. It sounds like Paul was the softer of the one in the beginning. And Barnabas was, look, I'm resolved he's going. And Barnabas and Paul thought it not good for him to go. But as they got further into it, notice if you would, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder. And folks, now listen, there's one thing that causes contention. It comes from our flesh. It's called pride. And all of us have got it. We've all got a flesh. We've all got pride. He can't say that to me. He's wrong. She's wrong. It breaks up homes. It breaks up marriages. It breaks up partnerships. It breaks up. Um, it, it is a terrible thing, pride. And many times it takes years to fix it. And in this case, it was six years between the time that they parted and the time that Paul, that Paul said, would you bring John Mark? He is profitable to me. So what I'm trying to say is time does show who's right and who's wrong. But in the immediacy of the moment, if we let our flesh get into it, we cannot see spiritually. Protect yourself. Notice, if you would, two, be two. John had heard his testimony. Maybe that's what Paul was concerned about. He shot his testimony. He just build it back up before he comes with us. Notice, if you would, their division, Roman letter C, was not doctrinal. It was personal. And there should never be division over personal things. Notice, if you would, they were divided on taking Mark. So they separated because of the contention between them. The heat, the heatedness between them, the sharp words, the bitter feelings. Rome numeral three, even great Christians can allow the flesh to take over and cause them to make bad decisions. And I think both of these men made bad decisions. Now, the Lord took it and blessed it anyway but there were times when I am certain that there were churches that says, 
what happened to Paul and Barnabas? What happened? And it caused them, and I'll give you an example. When I was a teenage boy, when I led the first person to Christ, my father-in-law and my father were sitting in the back seat to make sure I used the Scriptures correctly. Both of them were wonderful soul winners. They were sitting in the back seat, and both of them did this with their marriages. I couldn't put it together. It, it, it so confused me. I, I, I knew that the Lord Jesus was different. I knew that he didn't agree with it, but I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on all these things. And it was months and months and years before I actually went to the Scriptures and I was able to dig out the truth and realize, look, all of us get fleshly. And every time we do, it hurts our marriages, it hurts our friendships. And the best thing you can do is when you feel heat in your heart, stop right there and say, Dear Holy Spirit, forgive me. Notice if you would, A in the outline, their decision to get angry with each other was wrong, pure and simple. When you get angry with each other, it's always wrong. Notice if you would, B, the proof that Barnabas was right was made known over time. But I'm afraid that Barnabas pressed it so hard at the beginning by his resolve, his determination, that it offended Paul, and Paul fought back. And it got so heated between them, they said, we as Christians cannot be like this, we're separating. Now, they got back together and they're friends, but the harm was done for those four or five years. Notice, if you would, Roman numeral 3b1, Mark went with Barnabas and did well. He learned from his mistakes and became very profitable. Take your Bible, if you wouldn't, turn to 2 Timothy. Once you turn to 2 Timothy, chapter 4. Now, I want you to notice this. 2 Timothy, chapter 4. 2 Timothy was written in the year 65 A.D. Now, this is about 13 years after they separated. So I want you to notice, if you would, 2 Timothy, 13, 14 years. Look at chapter 4, verse number 11. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark, this is John Mark, and bring him with thee, speaking to Timothy. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. Wow, what a turnaround. You know what that tells me? There's always hope. When you and I make a mistake, if we'll own up to it and say, I'm sorry, Lord, the Lord will lift us up and strengthen us and build us if we'll allow the Holy Spirit to work in our heart. I want you to notice, if you would, two, be two. I like this. God used Mark, John Mark, to write the book in the Bible that bears his name. He's, he was a quitter. And God said, you've grown enough to where I can, your testimony is so clean that I can use you. I want you to write 
the second gospel of the New Testament. What a great God we serve. It's not where you've been. It's where you're going. And that gives hope to everybody in this room. And that ought to cause us to want to have hope for everybody that's trying to do right. Even when they get scared and fail. Notice, if you would, Roman number four. There are lessons. These are lessons that we can learn from this passage. A, even the greatest Christians make mistakes. So all of us need to learn that. Now, understand this. I... How many of you know who Bill Butner is? Bill Butner. I see one hand. Bill Butner. Anybody know who he was? He played in the World Series for the Boston Red Sox at first base. He is a professional baseball player. He's not a young man. The ball is hit to him. If he catches it and steps on the bag, they win the World Series. He reached down and it went between his legs. It was not a rocket. It was a slow roller. Nobody can explain it. But he missed it, and by the time he did, the run was home. And the Boston Red Sox lost the World Series, and they went to that point. If you mention Bill Buckner in Boston, everybody goes, they know him. Can you imagine how hard it would be for him to walk down the streets of Boston, how many years it took him. There was a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels at one point in time that was pitching in the World Series, and he made a pitch in the bottom of the ninth, and the guy knocked it out, and he went home and committed suicide. What I'm trying to say to you is this. Things can be forgiven that don't matter. Bill Buckner that picture. But when you and I as Christians make mistakes, it can be damaging to people that are watching us. But it can be forgiven. There is nothing you and I can do that can't be forgiven. It may do irreparable harm that you can't fix it. But it can be forgiven. And God can use us in other areas or certain places. Notice, if you would, uh, be in the outline. All of us must control our flesh daily. If we do that, the mistakes are a little bitty. Most people will never see them if you control your flesh. So every morning, pick up your cross and follow him. Lord, I need you to help me get my, my flesh under control. Lord, I want you to help me to be prideless today. Lord, I just want to serve you. And when somebody gets me to where my temper starts to rise up in me, Lord, please help me. Everybody in this room has flesh. And everybody in this room, if you want to serve the Lord faithfully and not waste 10, 12 years, learn to say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to keep my flesh under control. Do not let your flesh get to contention. Remember, one word for, for contention is irritated. That's different than burn with anger. So you and I have to learn we want to control our flesh so that we never get to contention. 
We have disappointment. We have discouragement. We have dejection. All of us get disappointed. But we can't let ourselves get discouraged. The flesh can discourage us. You and I have to learn to control our flesh so they don't get angry and blow up and so they don't get so depressed and discouraged that we give up. That was Mark's issue. He got so discouraged he gave up. And it caused this great contention. So all of us, if we want to prevent these kinds of contentious times, need to say, Lord, help me with my flesh. I want to give it to you. Notice this one. Even the smallest contention is bad. Don't let contention in your heart at all. Take it to the Lord. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask yourself, is this scriptural? Is this a doctrine of scripture? Well, should we buy this mixture or should we not? Should we buy this car or should we not? It doesn't qualify for contention. And folks, I'm, all of us have had this to us. But when I read this passage, I always grieve in my heart. Because you know Barnabas, um, he was one of the most dedicated Christians. Does anybody know what tribe of Levi he was from? I believe it's Acts 5. He was from the tribe of Levi. Does anybody know what Levites could not own? Land. He owned land. When he got saved and got right with the Lord, you know what he did with the land? He sold the land and gave the money to the church. He was dedicated. He wanted to do what was right. Money didn't matter to him. People mattered to him. But you have to be careful that we don't go overboard and let anything we like or love get to our flesh. Notice, D, every offense can be made right. Now, when I say made right, it can be made right with the person we did it with. But they have to be willing to forgive too. And so we can push people to where they don't do what's right. Be careful of that. Be careful of determination to, to hold your ground and to fight over money or houses or lands or cars. They're not worth it. We may have to learn. We have to step back, really pray about something, excuse ourselves, but don't let the flesh take over. Notice, E, God delights in using broken people if we humble ourselves. I, I just remind you tonight that Paul, 13 years later, said, bring John Mark. He is profitable to me. Now, I want to give you this. John Mark, um, whenever you look at the book of Mark, you begin to think about it. And as I look at the book of Mark, I, I, I see it and uh, it was written three years before Paul said, bring Mark, he's profitable to me. So it was 10 years later before God used John Mark to use the Scriptures. 
So if God forgives things and use people, so can we. Remember this. Keep contention out of your heart, and God will use you mightily. But if we get contention in our heart or flesh in our lives, it can ruin even the best Christians. So keep in mind tonight, the Lord loves you. And if we take our flesh and say, Lord, not today. I don't want any flesh in my heart. I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm not going to get discouraged today. I'm not going to get bitter today. Don't let your flesh take you in any direction. You stay on your knees, and the Lord will bless you. Let's bow for a prayer tonight. Contention. Contention can destroy greatness. We're going to have a word of prayer tonight. Maybe you need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I've had a little contention in my heart. Lord, I've had a little anger in my heart. I've had a little discouragement in my heart. Uh, I've had a little bitterness in my heart. Lord, I've had some hurt in my heart. Haven't let it go yet. Uh, I've had a little um, laziness in my heart, Lord. That's fleshly. I'm sorry. Whatever the need is tonight, put the Lord first in your life. Ask the Lord to give you victory over the flesh because he can and will. Lord Jesus, bless the people of Temple Baptist Church tonight. Bless our guests. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to live for you and to control our flesh. We can't do it, Lord, but the Holy Spirit can. And by your power, allow us to yield to the Holy Spirit and keep our flesh under control. In your name we pray. Amen.